millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. everyone you're listening to red pill 78 as always my name is zach Payne, the corruption detector and this is another edition of red pill news for friday night live stream joining me in the studio tonight three canadian patriots one a late addition to the show that's why you don't see him on the card but all of them important nonetheless first of all Retired Major Serge Foucher, also uh, retired from the Canadian Armed Forces, Logan White, and their lawyer heading up a lawsuit about the forced mRNA clot shot inoculations against the Canadian Armed Forces, Catherine Christensen. We're going to be discussing this class action lawsuit, their efforts to take on what is uh, almost an unstoppable machine, it seems like, but they're actually making headway. If you guys would do me a favor, please hit the like button, hit the red pill, share the show, help us get this out there on your favorite social media platform. I would sincerely appreciate it, and they would as well. Any of the Canadian viewers out there in the audience, we are going to be doing calls in the second half of the program at the 10 o'clock hour. So if you've got questions or you want to know perhaps how you can join this class action, I encourage you to call in. We'll throw the information out near the halfway point. So, without further ado, please sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn, because we're going to be right back after this. 
Our national debt is a real-world problem. Our government spends more on interest payments than it does funding the Pentagon. And Biden, well, he wants to raise taxes on businesses and the wealthiest people to use the additional revenue only to fund social welfare programs. We've gone from $6 trillion in debt to $34 trillion in just 20 years. In 2010, our debt was $13 trillion. In gold, it was $1,000 an ounce. By 2020, our debt was $23 trillion and gold gold was $1,500 an ounce. Well, here we are in 2023. We have a $33 trillion debt and gold is $2,000 an ounce. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson recently warned that our greatest threat to national security isn't Russia. It isn't China. It's our national debt. So call the proud Americans of the Patriot Gold Group today before it's too late. Mention Zach Payne and Red Pill 78 and you'll always get best in class service from Patriots protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has the no fee for life IRA where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver and you may be eligible for the no fee for life IRA on qualifying rollovers. So give them a call today at 888-857-6092 to get their free investor guide today. Patriot Gold Group is a consumer affairs top rated gold IRA dealer for seven years in a row. Once again, give them a call today at 888-857-6092. Mention me, Zach Payne and Red Pill 78. I want to specifically thank Patriot Gold for becoming a sponsor of this channel. And when you support my sponsors, you also support this channel. All right. Good evening and welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And please join me in welcoming our guests for this evening, Serge Foucher. I'm sorry, Logan White. I lost it for just a second. And then, of course, uh, Christine or Catherine Christensen. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm all over the place, but I want to thank you all for being here with us tonight. Uh, Serge, first of all, you reached out to me regarding this case. So uh, give me just a little bit about your your background. How many years did you spend in the Canadian Armed Forces? I uh, spent just short of 40 years. Um, I was what you call a lifer. I joined in 1982 as uh, an aircraft technician that was doing avionics stuff. And then uh, by the time I reached the rank of sergeant uh, 23 years later, uh, I was offered a commission uh, to aerospace engineering. I took it and then uh, spent another 17 years uh, as an aerospace engineer in the Air Force. And... um, I don't know how much you want to know yet, but uh, that's the quick intro. Um, That works. That works. Uh, Logan, how how about yourself? How how long were you in the forces? Uh, I was in for about uh, 17 years. Um, I was in high school and I joined as a reserve artillery. Um, Not sure what the American equivalent of that is, but um, then I went full time after I graduated high school. So 2005, I graduated high school, then 06. Uh, joined the Air Force, and uh, I was in until 2022 in May when I uh, was pushed out the door. Yes, uh, you're both retired, but I take it that was not a voluntary decision on either of your behalfs, and hence why we have this lawsuit. Now, Catherine, uh, you have a background in the military, but you haven't served. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes, I uh, took military law in law school, and the two JAGs that taught it told me that I needed to do something related to the military. So here I am. <laughs> so you went headfirst into it. So your your law firm is uh, is Valor Legal, if I'm not mistaken. And then you also have a foundation that's set up specifically to handle this lawsuit and other lawsuits like them. Is that correct? Yeah. So Valor Law is my private law firm. And then the Valor Legal Action Center is the nonprofit 
that uh, brings these big lawsuits because the government's favorite thing is to run people out of money and time. So uh, my way of countering that is to set up a nonprofit that crowdfunds and pays for the expenses. And then I offer my services pro bono to that nonprofit. Well, God bless you. You know, one of the things we often talk about on this channel is that there are precious few legal minds who are willing to take on a fight of this specific magnitude and proportion just because of how controversial the subject is. But it seems like the longer we go, the more people become obviously injured and disabled as a result of it, uh, the more accepting the general public is uh, of asking these sort of questions and also fighting. But, you know, another big problem I don't know if you guys have this up in Canada, but down here in the States, uh, because of the immense uh, um, financial power that the government has or, you know, even large corporations, oftentimes what will happen is if a lawyer is willing to take on a case like this, sometimes they'll get hit with sanctions. And uh, the sanctions are basically just fines to say, you know, how dare you take on that specific fight? We don't ever want you to think about doing it again. And then, unfortunately, either they lose their law license or... Uh, or they're just forced into bankruptcy. It, was that ever a concern for you? Does that happen up in Canada? Uh, it does happen up here, up here in Canada. Uh, so far, touch wood. <laughs> <laughs> the Law Society has left me alone uh, related to my license. Uh, but uh, I would not be surprised if that doesn't come at me. Uh, they were unhappy with me a few years ago, telling me that I should stop representing military because I was too close to my clients. Uh, my response back to that was, is our military makes up less than 1% of our population, and I'm serving a minority population. And if I was a group of immigrant women, they wouldn't tell me to stop. So you can't tell me to stop if, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that were interested. Not everyone wanted to take it on. What, was that a, a, a symptom of not specifically qualifying for the, the class, the group of people that's in the lawsuit, or is it perhaps they were worried about the personal cost of them? It was about the personal cost, uh, whether it was their careers, because they were still serving. When I was first approached for this lawsuit, uh, everyone was still serving. There, was, there wasn't a veteran in the group. Uh, so they were fear, afraid of repercussions from their careers. They were afraid of uh, the notoriety. They were afraid of the, the financial cost uh, that they might have. That they, they were afraid of uh, also the loss of their jobs. Uh, back in October of 21, even with the, the directive or the mandate from our chief of defense staff, um, people still had hope that this actually wasn't going to actually happen. That they weren't going to get removed from the forces over an injection and a medical treatment. Uh, so the, there was a lot of fear at that time. Um, by the time the second lawsuit came around, they, we had such a short window and people got couldn't get their stuff in fast enough to uh, get in within the statute of limitations. We ran up against that. So, so when when thinking about the total cost uh, of an action of this size, uh, how much do you anticipate will be necessary to take it to its logical conclusion? Uh, well, you know, if, if I were to put my legal fees in there, the approximate cost we have uh, spent so far is about $650,000. Um, to complete this, if it were to go to trial, we're looking at $1.5 to $2 million worth of legal work well, if it goes to full trial. Um, so we'll see how bad the government wants to fight this. We have uh, we went deep and we went dark and we started pulling documents, not one of which came out of my law firm. It was spread amongst my 
my plaintiffs across the country, and we managed to get our hands on a lot of government documents before they realized what we wanted them for. <laughs> uh, when they realized, they started to panic. Uh, so we've got about 200,000 pages of evidence, and there's some very damning evidence in there that I'm not so sure the government wants to be have it made public. Uh, Canada's being racked with scandal right now, and we've got a big one sitting there in our lawsuit. This could be yet another PR disaster. I want you to hold that thought because I specifically want to hear about that stuff. But both Logan and Serge, I (laughs) want to talk about your specific separations. Like, you know, let's Logan, let's begin with you. Uh, When you realized that it was likely you were going to be asked to take this totally unnecessary genetic manipulation and injected into your body without any sort of real human testing. What was your reaction and how did that play out? Well, my immediate reaction obviously was that I don't want to take this. Um, I kind of knew early on that this wasn't necessary. Um, I mean, obviously like I'm a young, fit, healthy guy, I'm going to shake COVID off. Wasn't a big deal. Um, so I had already made the call well before this was mandated that I wasn't going to take this. It wasn't needed. And, you know, if it turns out to be great, there's always the option to take it later. Right. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just sat on it and then I started to see them pushing harder and harder for it, um, in the general public. And that didn't reach us in the military right away. Um, it was, it was voluntary at first. And then the mandate came down and it was kind of like the harder you push me, the harder I'm going to dig in. And uh, I just kind of drew the line, I guess. Um, I had a lot of people working with me in the, the lower rank than me who had serious concerns, but they were kind of afraid to do anything because of the military's rank structure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't high ranked by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I decided that not only for myself, but also for them, I was going to, I was going to dig in and and say, like, no, this isn't happening. Good for you. So when it came time to uh, either take the shot or leave, uh, what happened in that respect? I mean, did they just tell you, you know what, if you don't do this, then your last day is on such and such? Or was it uh, any more detailed? Well, they kind of went through a process. Um, They did this, like, uh, administratively. Um, The watered-down explanation of this is that Um, They repeatedly claimed that we were not following orders, and they used that to put a note in our file. And then once they had gathered up enough notes, they were able to deem us an administrative burden and remove us under the the header of of administrative burden. So that was how they removed us. We we basically went through uh, a series of stages. It was just ticks in the box for them. They didn't actually uh, care. So So there wasn't much of a fight. In in the United States, there are two different ways that you can be discharged. You can be discharged honorably or dishonorably, and depending on that type of discharge, it can affect your benefits and, and the way that everything plays out, the the, uh, the specific benefits that you're supposed to get after you've separated. Uh, do they do the same thing in Canada, and did they try to penalize you in, in an additional way that by doing so? We do have the, the same system. Okay. Um, the administrative process, when they released us this way, they they don't have the option to use uh, dishonorable okay. for that. So, like a five, it's called a five F release is what is what I received and what most others did, and um, that is considered an honorable discharge. 
in order to get a dishonorable discharge, they have to go through uh, a different process. It's the uh, like the punitive process mm-hmm. rather than the administrative process. And uh, they chose not to take that route. Well, thank God there's that. Uh, so, Serge, uh, I gather that your experience with kind of uh, standing up to the idea of a forced vaccination extends much further than simply the mRNA clot shots. What can you tell us about your history? Well, <clears throat> First of all, in early 2020, when the, the, the pandemic started, um, I remember talking to my wife. I said, you know what? It's a new shot. Uh, we're just going to sit a, a little bit like Logan. We're going to wait a couple of years, wait till the human trials are all done and everything and see if this thing is worth it. So I said, no rush. You know, uh, I knew it was some kind of a hard flu or something like this. I wasn't too worried about it. I, I had one flu shot in about 20 years, so it's not like I was ever, I'm, I'm never sick. Yeah. You know, I'm in super shape and everything, super health. And uh, so I, weren't, I wasn't worried about it. And then um, then they started pushing and pushing and pushing. The next thing you know, we have to take uh, uh, a course online. We have a, 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 where all the online courses are, we have a network for this. And then I said, everybody in the armed forces got to take this course. And then I'm reading this stuff slide by slide. And they have these little videos and all that loaded, loaded with propaganda. Like I saw through this like real quickly. I'm going and I'm looking for footnotes or references. There's nothing. And they're making these outlandish claims. Uh, it's safe for pregnant women. Like right there, okay, time out. I said, okay, um, I, like that's enough. That was enough for me. So, but why did, was I uh, uh, this early on skeptical about the whole thing? Well, we can go back and uh, like I've said in different podcasts, I go back to when I went to the Gulf War in 1990. Back then I was a master corporal like Logan uh, working on the F-18 uh, Hornets. And uh, we went to uh, Qatar and then... Um, before going there, we were given some shots. Um, and then once we got there, we had to take those pills, those bromide pills that were supposed to slow down the uh, the effects of uh, nerve gas if we were hit by Saddam's uh, uh, Scud rockets. And um, it didn't take long right away while I was there. So I getting nasty allergies and, 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 and uh, skin rashes and stuff. And um, they never left uh, to this day. This is, I mean, we're talking about 30 odd years uh, later, and I, I still got to take uh, 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 pills every day. To uh, If I don't take my antihistamines every day, then I can't stand myself. And uh, depending what I eat during the day or whatnot, I, I just start scratching and I just mm-hmm. can't stop. Right? And um, so that was the first time. But as a good soldier, you shut up and you take your little pills because they tell you there was no informed consent, by the way. And then uh, move on to uh, then there's the whole Mifflaquin scandal in uh, 1992, 1993. We send uh, 900 uh, airborne regiment soldiers out to uh, Somalia to do peacekeeping. So we send our crack soldiers to do peacekeeping. Well, anyways, um, these guys were all given uh, Mifflaquin. Uh, without informed consent, of course. And a lot of them ended up with nasty, nasty neurological issues mm. uh, to this day. Finally, now, 30 years later, there's a big lawsuit on this now, finally. Uh, then move on, H1, H1, uh, H1N1, uh, 2008, 2009. So at that point, I'm uh, 
by then I, I've switched to officer. I think I'm a lieutenant or captain. I can't remember what, what I was back then. And uh, we're all called to the base theater. So we sit in the audience and then they set up some chairs on the stage, bright lights. Then they call us up one by one or two by two to go on the stage in front of everyone. And oh, if you decline the shot, then you got to sign this paperwork in front of, so pressure, right? They're using mm-hmm. these, these psychological <clears throat> tactics on you. And then uh, at the time, that's that point I'm going, I don't want the shot, but I folded, you know, I folded under pressure and, and, and I'm not happy with this, but again, good soldier, you do what you're told. But then move on to the COVID era, fool me twice, not three times. Mm-hmm. And uh, best decision I've ever done. So move on. The year goes, the, the, the year goes. So that year I was already, my career manager had called me at home and she wanted me to go on a year long uh, leadership course so I could get uh, promoted to lieutenant colonel. So I said, I accepted. So I started the course in the summer. And then by October 8th, the first directive from the chief of defense staff, our top general, came down saying, you're going to be put on leave without pay. <laughs> so by then, I did 34 years in the reg force, regular force, start collecting my pension. Then for six years after that, I was a reservist. So I was double dipping for, for those six years. Mm-hmm. So I was not in a bad financial situation. So I'm looking at this. I go, no, I, I will not be pressured into doing this. Sent an email to, to my colonel. I said, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this. I'm going to put in my release. So I decided to leave. I mean, I was, I was on course to stay and get promoted. I would have been promoted in 2022 last year. And then, but I was forced out essentially. And then, um, so I put in my release. During my release period, the second directive comes out and magically, um, the leave without pay aspect was gone, but now they're implementing administrative measures. So Catherine can speak to this later. When, when, when they brought in admin measures, that was the wrong thing to do. If it is what they say, you refuse, you refused an order to get vaccinated. They should have charged us. They didn't want to charge us. They didn't want to risk it because many would have gone to court martial and somebody would have won the case. Absolutely. They didn't want to create a precedent. Number mm-hmm. one. And number two, they would have been doing court martials for the next 10, 15 years. Like Catherine said earlier, we had probably 3,000 people really didn't want the jab. And uh, that, that would have been endless. And, and our JAG uh, 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 section is way too small to handle uh, this, this kind of workload. So they went into administrative measures. So now each step of admin measures has a certain timeline you're supposed to do. And then there's supposed to be follow-up and so on. They rush the whole thing. They compress the whole schedule. And they just rush people. Some people were rushed out real quick. Uh, others were milked a little longer. Some had good bosses. My nephew uh, was also avionics. Speaking of avionics, uh, uh, and he, um, he was released in the summer in 2022, I believe. July, uh, July 2022. And then... Uh, you was one, the last one before they, they changed the, they said, Oh, you're unvaccinated. You can stay in now. But I, <laughs> there were a few more directives that came out and, and, and updates on the directives. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm in my case, I call myself, uh, one of the mild case. I only lost money. Mm-hmm. Essentially, I was at the end of my career. 
I was having fun still. I was contributing to the Cane Forces uh, so much so they wanted to promote me, right? And they had me. I was on course. I was in the middle of a leadership course. I lost probably 360, 380 grand in salary uh, for three years. Wow. But it is what it is. I, I, I chose to walk away. I said, I, I will not take the injection. Sorry. You, you can't put a, a, a price on your health or, or your life. So, Catherine, you were telling me before the show that uh, the armed forces of Canada have been reduced by something like 80 percent, something crazy. Is that representative of uh, of just the fact that people don't want to take the jabs? Because now I uh, I mean, because you've got people obviously who would be injured. Then you've got people who would be forced out. Uh, and now uh, are they just unable to get anyone to sign up because of the mandate? Uh, the mandate is a huge factor in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely believe that they don't want to. The other factor is, uh, and I know they, this is a problem in the U.S., is our military uh, leadership has gone woke, mm-hmm. uh, very extremely woke. Uh, in, in the Cana- Canadians are worse than the Americans for this one. And, uh, it, you know, if you're a business person, you know very well that you have to appeal to your target market. And the reality is, is that in Canada, it's white males who walk into recruiting centers and volunteer to serve in our military. Sure. And they've been completely wiped out and they've been shut out of joining the Canadian Armed Forces. If minorities and women wanted to be huge factors in our forces, there was nothing stopping them. They were welcome to walk into a recruiting center at any time and sign up. They weren't signing up before all of this. And, uh, you know, so for our government and military leadership to say, well, we're only going to take women and minorities right now. We, if you're a white male, we're not interested. They sh- literally shot themselves in the foot Wait, did, uh, because did they, that was the people who were doing it. Did they actually say that or was that just what they, they were? Uh, is that a concern? Yeah. I mean, do people think about that? I mean, obviously, you know, we think about that here in the States. I mean, our readiness ha- has been reduced by quite a bit. I can't tell you the exact number, but I, I think that many people are afraid that, you know, if uh, a foreign power like China wanted to just come in, and, you know, set up shop, then they might be able to because we're spread so thin. Well, I have to tell you that right now in Canada, there are more military-aged, able-bodied, able-bodied men and women who are military-trained in the civilian population than there is in the military. Good Lord. Because they've released so many people uh, mm. in the last three years. Uh, so, But, I mean, the joke always was that we were going to grab whatever equipment we could and wait for the Americans to show up. <laughs> But I, Good luck, that's guys. Not gonna actually, <laughs> that's not going to work this time because the Americans are as decimated as we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the truth is, is that, that uh, we actually have more military trained people in our civilian population than. Uh, but you know, um, there was in this past May, uh, there was a Friday afternoon where we had three fighter jets with three pilots that could get, go into the air to defend our country. Three uh, and in twenty twenty two we had th- yeah in twenty twenty two we had three snipers to call it, cover all of Western Canada. Oh now, gosh. if you look at a map, Western Canada is a pretty big landmass. Yes, and three sni- our snipers are good. They hold world <laughs> records, but they're not that good. <laughs> Well, you got to be superhuman if you're going to cover all that space. Uh, okay, so, yeah. <laughs> so gentlemen, th- this is this has got to be frustrating for you, I would imagine, as veterans. I mean, you look at something like this, and you know, I mean, I, I find it difficult often to understand how our governments 
could allow things to get to such a state. I mean, there's, you know, we, we joke about how stupid some of these people in government are. It's got to be the case because otherwise, I don't know anything else that really uh, can explain it. Uh, but but it seems at times like perhaps there's an element of self-destruction at play. They have to know how bad this is. They have to know just how, how poorly they're setting up their people. I mean, in case something bad does happen. What do you guys think is really behind this? By design, absolutely by design. Yeah. yeah. Logan, our how about government. You? Oh, I'm sorry. A, Continue. Our government is pretty much a Marxist government right mm. now. Yeah. And anybody that reads Solodinsky rules for radicals yep. will know that you have to destroy the pillars of society one by one. Mm-hmm. They do it with the police in the states. It's defund the police, and they're very methodical. And what they did with Canadian Armed Forces, they knew exactly what they were doing, is push out all the patriotic soldiers, push out the critical thinkers, push out people like in this lawsuit. That mm-hmm. the guy, I, I loved being a, a soldier. I loved being in the military. Why do you think I stayed 40 years and I was going to stay later? I was going to serve until I was 65 years old. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they didn't want guys like me. Not because I was old, but they didn't want guys like me that, that are true soldiers and, 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 you know, patriotic Canadians and, and they don't want us in. So they, they got to weed us out. Then they need a whole bunch of yes men. Those are the people that stay in, right? And of course, they, everybody bend the knee. They all folded like cheap chairs. So yeah, that's, uh, mm. and that started right at the top. And those at the top, all the top generals, they're all complicit. They knew, they know. I can tell you through the grapevine that uh, a lot of them know, they knew that they were pushing fear porn. They knew what they were doing. They did it anyways. It was done. It was deliberate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This, that's what I think. I am certain that's what it is. And Catherine can back it up with uh, all kinds of documentation. They knew exactly what they were doing. And, I- and explain the, 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 whole, the whole thing with the... One general, two general, three general, four, one being taken out one after another because they, they won't play the game, right? Absolutely. So if you want to play a game with Trudeau, off you go. Oh, well, I, I just, for the record, I agree with you. I didn't want to put words in your mouth. I wanted to hear it from you. But, Catherine, let, let's talk about some of that evidence. I, I'd like to go back to uh, what you were alluding to earlier. Uh, when you are, are discussing this uh, this paperwork that's uh, been memorialized, I mean, obviously, the governments of the world, uh, they have to keep records. What kind of stuff are we talking about? Okay, well, uh, probably, and as Serge was just indicating, Probably the the one that was the most fun for us to get our hands on were the briefing notes. So when uh, the chief of defense staff is making a decision, he has a team of people who prepare a briefing note to give him all the, the pros and cons and the in this case the medical, the legal, etc., for him to make his decision. So we had our chief of defense staff at the time this all started when the vaccines first came out was General Vance. General Vance had been in the chair for over five years at the time. Uh, he was informed by the deputy minister that they were going to get a 100% vaccination rate out of the Canadian Armed Forces to set an example for the population. Mm-hmm. First of all, that's not the role of our military. Uh, and his, his reaction to that was, no, uh, you're not using my people for guinea pigs. That's also against uh, government policy. They're, they're not allowed to use our military for guinea pigs. Uh, and what if there's something wrong because they were only going to use Moderna 
on the Canadian Armed Forces. So he says, well, if there's something wrong, you're going to wipe out my military. No, I'm not doing this. He was on charge with sexual misconduct. Ooh, they love to oh, do that. And, uh, <laughs> it was a, yeah. Okay, so he's gone. Along comes Admiral McDonald as our chief of defense staff. He, I have his briefing note. This is the note that was prepared for him by uh, a general uh, to tell him all the aspects of making this decision. And they said, you can't do this. You cannot mandate this vaccine legally, morally, ethically, medically. You can't do it. And he said, pound salt, I'm not doing it. Within two to three weeks, he was gone, removed as chief of defense staff. Sexual misconduct, which he was then cleared of. Uh, then along comes into the chair uh, Wayne Eyre, who is now the current chief of defense staff. He was the acting chief of defense staff at the time. Uh, his briefing note was prepared by uh, Lieutenant General Cadu uh, that said, you can't do this legally, medically, morally, ethically, etc. And uh, Eyre went ahead and implemented the directive to mandate the vaccine. And Cadu was charged with sexual misconduct. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And uh, right after the first directive was issued, Air went from acting chief of defense staff to full chief of defense staff. Uh, General Danny Fortin was in charge of the civilian rollout of the vaccine. He said no to a mandate. He was charged with sexual misconduct and was cleared. And Cadu has been cleared, by the way. Uh, And recently they were court-martialing General Whalen, who was head of HR for the military, basically, uh, he was also alleged to have done something wrong with sexual misconduct. And the day before uh, they were going to call General Air to testify on the stand, the defense team, uh, they dropped his charges. <laughs> so we have this uh, <laughs> favorite of the Liberal Party to charge people with sexual misconduct if you don't play the game. And I have all of this uh, in writing. With the unredacted briefing notes, when they discovered I had them unredacted, they panicked. And they tried to tell me that I, they sent me redacted copies and said I was only allowed to use redacted <laughs> copies. And then I was, too late, too late. <laughs> you released it unredacted, it's unredacted. Oh, they, uh, they've, they've so, got to be quaking. Know. They've got to be so afraid that you have this stuff. How does this help you in, your, in terms of, of your ice- That's argument. just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> 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 They're on the Titanic and we're the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Um, we even have, uh, so our military chain of command is different from the U.S. Uh, our members of the military swear an oath to the king. They don't swear an oath to the government. Our prime minister is not our commander in chief. Our commander in chief is the king of Canada and the governor general can act in his place. Same with my oath uh, as a lawyer. I swear an oath to the court, the king's court, Mm -hmm. uh, because that means that we are independent of the government. So I can hold the government to account because I'm not I'm not withholding to the government. Mm. Uh, My oath is to the king. Uh, And same with the military. If the king truly wanted to, he could uh, use the military to remove the parliament. Canada. He's not going to, of course, but he has that ability because the oath is to him, not to the government. So our chief of defense staff to take an order to implement this mandate, it should have come from the king or the governor general. I have emails that say that his order to implement the mandate comes from above him. Above the king? I can't wait. 
uh, above the, the chief of defense. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I can't wait to ask him. Did the king give you that order? Because if he didn't, that's an unlawful order. Mm-hmm. And ha- you've removed all these people saying they didn't follow a lawful order. So it's a lawful order. <laughs> d- didn't didn't Justin Trudeau like state explicitly that he was the one who uh, wanted to implement this mandate? A- am I remembering that incorrectly? You did. You also heard him say that he ordered the Chinese balloon shot down. Yes. No, he didn't, because he can't give that order. <laughs> so, uh, so it's it's going to you know th- these are the things they're going to have to answer for. Um, our chief of defense staff well knows that his oath is not to the prime minister, it's not to Trudeau, it's not to the cabinet, it's to the king. And uh, so if he took an order. Uh, the other thing that we've got going on is the uh, when people file a grievance in our military, our, it, that system is so broken. But at one point, they tried to fix it by putting in what's called um, external review committee, uh, because the final authority in a, in a grievance is the chief of defense staff. So they put in this committee to advise him on grievances of how he should handle these grievances. Well, in this case, we've got an order that the chief of defense staff implemented. He's the guy that gets to decide if it was fair or not. Mm-hmm. That's going to be answered in the court as well. But the external review committee has come out and said he was wrong. That breached charter rights uh, of people uh, and as well as other things. And so uh, under our laws, if the order breaches the charter of rights and freedoms, it's an unlawful order. Okay. Well, excellent. there you go. I've got him on two counts of unlawful order uh and once that order is unlawful it falls apart okay the whole directive so, so is is, mm-hmm. is there any chance that you may be able to depose justin trudeau in this case could you get him to answer for any of this uh, i could i could call him as a witness mm-hmm. um i'm more i'm more interested in calling the chief of defense staff the uh, woman who was the minister of defense at the time the woman who was the deputy minister of defense. And I also look very forward to talking to all the generals that got of sexual misconduct that were cleared. I'm sure they're going to be wanting to answer my questions because you be careful who you step on on the way up because you're going to meet them on the way down. Absolutely. They have no loyalty to air whatsoever. That's that's great. That's mm-hmm. absolutely great. Yeah, I think that would probably make for some fascinating lines of questions there. And uh, certainly considering the way that they were unceremoniously shoved out the door, they've probably got a vested interest in making any of those people, uh, I guess, pay for <laughs> what they did to them. Certainly. Well, and here's the interesting thing is that plaintiffs are allowed to be present for depositions. Mm. So uh, when General Eyre is being asked these very tough questions under oath, I'm going to have hundreds of people that he kicked out of his military sitting behind me watching him. Oh, wild. Wow. Because they're all plaintiffs. <laughs> so so uh, it should be interesting. So so what is the uh, the end goal here that you guys would like to see? Are we talking about financial damages? Are we talking about reinstatement? Uh, is, is there some like grand restructuring that uh, that might be seen at the end of this? Hmm. Well, there is there is financial compensation that we've asked for, of course, because the only real solution the court has for dam for something that's happened to someone is to compensate them financially. Okay. Uh, but we have asked for uh, policy policy changes, such as the chief of defense staff cannot get the per- cannot be the person who decides if his order was legal or not. 
<laughs> that doesn't follow. Yeah. Uh, we've asked for an institutional apology. Under freedom of speech, we can't ask for an apology directly from him. Uh, yeah, we've asked for a number of uh, policy changes. The courts, they can order some things, but they can't order others. Uh, but uh, for most of the people in the lawsuit, it's not about money. It's about holding the uh, chain of command to account for what they've done uh, and uh, forcing the is out into the public. So that, that's where they, their main focus is. And Serge, you were telling me before the show started that one of your plaintiffs just very recently passed away. Um, I, I would assume that uh, there's there's got to be some sort of consideration in here for uh, service members that were specifically injured or disabled as a result of this. I mean, uh, the, these people have to take account for what they've done. Well, uh, I think uh, there's one or two that uh, have passed and uh, their parents are part of uh, this lawsuit. But uh, Catherine's got a third. It's got several more lawsuits coming. There's one for the Vax injured. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's going to cover those other folks who actually die of the uh, of their uh, injuries. Um, But right now we have at least one. Right, Catherine, uh, that their parents are part of our plaintiffs, essentially. Yes, yes. And we have a we do have a handful of people who won't survive long enough uh, to see the end of the lawsuit. So their estates will continue in their place. We we have so many injured people in this in our two lawsuits. Um, I remember the first lawsuit is is I mean is bad enough. Then when I saw the second one, which is pretty much identical, just less people, 120 people in this one, and uh, one more the morning that. Uh, uh, the court signed off on it, and, and uh, Catherine released it to us. And I, I'm reading this in the morning with coffee, and I had tears running down my face mm. uh, reading the horrible stories. Uh, literally, I, I'm an old crusty uh, guy here. You know, I've been to war twice. I've been to to the Gulf War. I went to Afghanistan. Uh, we had daily rockets falling on us uh, in Afghanistan and stuff. And I had tears running down my face, thinking that. The outfit that I loved so much did that to their own people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I, I say it every time, all the time. That's my biggest disappointment in my outfit. I spent four decades in this and I never thought that so many supervisors at so many li- levels could do this to their men and women. I, it, it's it's it boggles the mind and something that hasn't been talked about tonight. This lawsuit is a law. It's an abuse of power lawsuit. This is not about the vax. The vax is the impetus. Mm-hmm. It could have been sexual harassment, could have been something, could be uh, lead in the water. That's just the impetus. This is a abuse of power lawsuit. And, and so this, because as Catherine mentioned many times, if she tried to go using vax bad, blah, 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 the court would have, the court would have just shut it down from the start. Would have been no, no show. But she found a way to get us in, and uh, now we're in, and uh, we're fighting the good fight. So, uh, Catherine, I, I want to explore that a little bit so that uh, just the audience uh, understands completely. I mean, you, you mentioned like several different ways that you can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that these were unlawful orders. And so to Serge's point, this is about abuse of power. It's not about anything else. Right. So uh, as Serge said, when people first came to me, I knew I wouldn't get in the door with a COVID, questioning anything COVID directly related. 
So I uh, put my thinking cap on and came up with the, it's called the tort of public malfeasance. It's a rare tort in a red, rare case in Canada. But basically it means that people who are uh, in a public office abuse their power to uh, harm citizens of the country. And in this case, our military members. So I, uh, I started looking at, and you know what? The stories just one after another. I've got 458 stories that uh, just show chain of command had no respect for their troops and had no problem using physical torture, psychological torture, financial threats, uh, you know, whatever they could come up with to make this happen. They, they didn't stop and say, to look after my people first. How do I look after my troops? And that is a sacred covenant within the military. You look after your troops. Because now what's happened is we have a what's left of our military. No one trusts the chain of command. Because if you're going to order us to do this, I have, if I'm a single mom with three kids and my military pay is all I've got. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting modes, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Fighterflare.com.
A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. And you're threatening me with this. How can I trust you to give me an order to go and take that hill? I don't trust you anymore. And when you don't have that trust between command and the troops, you don't have a military. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it was, it's bad. What some of the stuff that happened to these people, uh, if the cha- that same chain of command did it to a prisoner of war, they'd be in the Hague being charged with a war crime. Right. Right. Um, you know, the, so we had one young man who was forced to be outside in the cold in Canada in, in the winter time. Like we're talking severe winter conditions for three months. He lost 30 pounds of muscle mass and finally mentally broke after three months and left the military. Uh, this is the kid I want in the, the foxhole with me because he stood up for his principles. They positioned him in a place where everyone he worked with would go past him and taunt him. They made him do tasks outside on the other side of the windows while people taunted him from the inside of the windows. Wow. Uh, this is this is not the military that Canada should have. That's so perverse. Uh, I can't even, I mean, you said mm-hmm. torture. I mean, I would certainly would think that that would qualify as torture. Uh, that's just mm-hmm. absolutely horrible. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. I have a young woman who... Uh, in the Navy, who had just come back from a stress leave, they cleared the wardroom and put her in a room with four senior male officers and made her stay, stay there with them until she'd sign a piece of paper that said she wouldn't follow a lawful order. Wow. I had pregnant members. Now, there's a policy that says you are not to give any vaccine to a pregnant member of the military, mm-hmm. let alone this one. Uh, I had pregnant. She was admitted to hospital with pregnancy complications by her obstetrician. She was charged with AWOL because they said she was just trying to avoid the injection. <laughs> wow. I had, I had one, I had one young, uh, we have Padres, we have Padres chaplains who were said, told that their, their faith was not sincere enough to get a religious accommodation. What? I had, and I had one, one young Padre was on just on mater- on paternity leave. I can hear the newborn crying in the background, and he's on the phone with me, and he said, there's men in uniform at the front door demanding I sign papers. What do I do? And I said, you stay on the phone with me till they leave. <laughs> Canada, Canada, I live in, men in uniform don't show up demanding you sign paperwork. Wow. So... No, that does not happen. <laughs> now, you know, if it if you would if you would only listen to like Justin Trudeau, I mean, it seemed mm. like virtually the entirety of your nation capitulated and and took the jab in one form or another. Uh, can can you give us an accurate idea of really what the kind of attrition rate was on this? I mean, like how many people actually took it? What percentage perhaps or what portion of the population? I uh, well, we had a fairly high take-up rate, but I believe we got to the mid 80s of the general population. Around 85 percent actually took it. That's so under duress. 50, there, you know, there were for yeah under duress. Most people, very few people signed up for taking it willingly. Most yeah. people did it out of pre- a complete coercion. 
Uh, I know in the lawsuit that that uh, challenged our travel mandate because Canadians were not allowed on aircraft or trains if they were not vaccinated. Right. Uh, that lawsuit represented six million Canadians who were not vaccinated. Okay. Okay. And h- how many so, people are in Canada as a whole? Forty. Forty. About forty. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. So they 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 tell us here, you know, the uh, the the number of people who took the jabs. It was something. Pers- I don't know. Approaching eighty percent, but. I don't. I mean, I don't know if that's anywhere near what really happened. I mean, I could easily mm-hmm. see them using high numbers as a form of propaganda just to coerce additional people into it. But you know, I mean, there were many people who felt that they needed to take it or they had to take it. They were going to kill their grandma if they didn't go in and, and accept it. Some people just wanted to be able to, I don't know, you know, travel the world or go to concerts here in the United States or you know, uh, or just get the card so then they could go out to dinner and stuff but you know there are so many people that i know who didn't you know when we look at the uh, at the audience here people in the chat there are several people who who felt that they were were being forced to take it you know they they uh they, there was no other choice that they had uh but i but i would i really feels like the majority of people didn't take it and you know i mean just i live in florida maybe that has something to do with like, so many people <laughs> yeah that could have something to do with it but uh most most people i i, I think i you know I, I actually have a couple of family members who felt uh, that it was necessary to take it uh and and they developed uh negative side effects almost immediately you know i mean like you know arthritis in, in their entire bodies every joint in their body is now inflamed and uh they're gonna have to live with it but you know it, it was just the one shot you know i mean once they realized Hey, this was a bad idea. They uh, they they just stopped right there. In order to mm-hmm. be officially vaccinated in Canada, did they force people to take like the full regimen? Like, if you got one shot, would they accept that, uh, or did they make you go like one, two, three, and then take all the boosters too? You had to get uh, to be officially. It had to be two, I believe, and, and I don't think yeah. they changed that. But they've worded it in such a way that they can change that number to whatever they want it to be. Wow. In the armed forces, yeah. they uh, they had to take minimum two, and then if you wanted to be deploy or go on deployment, then you had to take the the booster. So mm-hmm. you you couldn't go on deployment. But now it's all bets are off now because <laughs> they're so short of people. I mean, I'm going to give you an example how bad things got last year. We have we have F-18 Hornets on each side of the country, and. Things were so bad that 75% of the pilots, F-18 pilots, did not have enough flying hours every month to stay current. So one Canadian Air Division in Winnipeg had to come out with a waiver to allow those pilots to fly. I've never seen this in my 40-year career. I've never seen this. Because so many ground troops, the technicians who fixed the airplanes... Uh, uh, so many either were gone, booted out, gone, injured, uh, et cetera, et cetera, sick. Um, you can't produce the airplanes. I'm sure it's the same in the Navy. I'm sure it's the same in the Army. If you can't produce the airplanes, well, there's nothing. Uh, it's hard enough with a full complement of technician mm-hmm. to keep your fleet going. because Those airplanes are very old. They're 50 years old now. I worked on them back in 1983 as a young private. <laughs> so... And, and, and my, my nephew last year, just before he got booted out, was still working on him. Mm. I got him a job in Montreal. He's still working on them now as a contractor. 
Mm. But these things, he tells me the horror stories of working on F-18s because they're so old that, man, even in my days, uh, they were starting to get some age. And uh, anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm going on a tangent here, but... Uh, I can uh, speak a little bit on um, uh, what Serge was just saying about uh, shortages of ground troops and people being unhealthy. Um, I can't tell you my source for this, obviously, but uh, I've got a friend, and uh, my friend has a relative who is uh, quite high up uh, in the military, high up enough that um, this relative was at a briefing, and they were discussing the the current situation in CFB Halifax, that's Canadian Force Base Halifax, that's Navy base. And they were saying during that brief that um, 80% of the people who are currently on that base are on some manner of medical limitation. Wow. Wow. Yeah, 80%. And, and you got to understand as well, we can go back to 2020 and 2021. Every single base in Canada, between 30 and 50% of all members on each base went out and seeked help for mental issues. Mm -hmm. Got so bad that each base was outsourcing to the local cities, to various hospitals, because they couldn't cope. It got that bad. So it was, that's, that's, was, they, was that a result we just of had the... A name. Was that a result of the pressure or was that a result of uh, side effects from having taken the jabs? It's uh, before before even the jabs, just oh. the, the, the COVID, the, 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 the fear porn, yes. the lockdowns, yes. the masking, the all the, the shenanigans mm -hmm. and 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 seeing their buddies. Yeah like us being booted out or being pushed out mm -hmm. seeing like it, it just eroded morale like crazy. And, and everybody went, a lot of people needed help and they still do. Yeah. So that's probably part of the 80% that he's talking about. I'm sure some of them are broken men. I mean, we have a bunch of broken people physically and mentally mm -hmm. in those two lawsuits that we have right now. And, and I mean, like I said, the few of them I'm in touch. I said, you want to talk anytime, call me. I give them my numbers. Let, let's check. And a lot of people are like this. We're trying to help each other out because we're a team. We're a family, right? Yes. And, yes. And, in, uh, in, in April of this year in Halifax, on a Monday morning, they had 300 people walk in and hand in their rec resignations or voluntary releases. 300 wow. for the Navy. That's, an, that's a ship of a compliment. Yeah, At one is, point yeah. earlier this year, they were offering, offering one-year contracts to people to join the Navy. They were so desperate. One year, one year contract. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and and I yeah. and you would still have to take the jab if you were going to be able to be deployed. Is that correct? Well, it was interesting because I testified at the National Citizens Inquiry. So a group of uh, citizens got together and set up an inquiry about COVID across the country, and mm -hmm. I uh, testified on behalf of military members because our military members are gagged; they're not allowed to talk about the. Uh, government or the military in derogatory terms. Wow. I'm not in the chain of command, so I can talk for them. Um, and uh, when I uh, testified for that, um, it was quite shocking to a lot of people to realize just what had been happening with our military uh, behind the scenes, because most people had no clue uh, what was actually happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could understand that if, if they're 
you know, specifically restrained from talking about any of these things in in any specific terms. W- what about the, the the men and women who have separated? I mean, are are they largely speaking out? I mean, are you guys the exception or the rule? Oh, I can say whatever I want. <laughs> well, no, you you can, but I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah, obviously, but I but we're, I mean, we're the exception. You are so, okay. So other, it's not it's not like overwhelmingly people are are once they leave, they're not coming out and saying, you know what, this is garbage. We need to do something. I'm an old guy. I'm retired. I can't speak. But yeah. like my nephew and many others, they got new jobs outside the military. They just don't want the aggravation, just in case that somehow it would get back to them. Sure. So a lot of people are a little reticent to, yeah. to, to, to speak up. Yeah. So that's, that's my job now, okay. <laughs> to be that voice. So yeah. after I testified at the, the inquiry, um, I called out because the uh, admiral in charge of the fleet had just implemented a booster mandate for the mm-hmm. Navy. And I called him out during my testimony. And uh, the very next day, the Navy's booster mandate was withdrawn. Good for you. That's awesome. That's awesome. But, uh, he, yeah, he called for the booster, and then he got promoted to commander of the Navy as a reward. But then he had to back back up when I called him out publicly on it. So, you know, some good can come from calling them out. <laughs> well, and name them and shame them. That's what I say. We we got to get this out yeah. there. All right, you that guys. That would be Angus Topshi. <laughs> I, I, who, who is that? Who is that? Now that's the person that's you were the, referring to. That's the Navy. Yeah, that's Admiral. All right. Talk Put them on you. notice. All right. Um, <laughs> we've, we've got a couple of thank yous uh, I need to, to uh, call out over here on uh, pilled.net. And then we've got to take a break. But when we come back on the other side, we're going to be opening up the phones. We've got a couple of people already on the lines. You guys, I have passed that out. I put the information on screen. The number on screen is uh, is a, a is an American number. But if you click this link, you should be able to find a local number if you're in Canada or in a variety of other countries. So let me pass that out, and uh, hopefully uh, the mods will go ahead and help me out and pass this out uh, as I'm uh, reading these off. Let me say thank you to FilterDog1. Appreciate the shades. Huntress, thank you for the cookie. Akira says, Red Pill 78 I salute my Canadian fellow veterans. Uh, Harrington says... Uh, Biden is already dead and gone. Nothing the actor in nothing the actor in his place is legitimate. No matter what you think, certainly not a legitimate office holder in my opinion. Curious Patriot says all the info you have brought me in the years. Thank you, brother. Hey, man, thank you for saying so. I appreciate you being here. Uh, also, Curious Patriot dropped one, two, three, four, five more cookies, and then says, "Wow, I love my fellow Canadian patriots. Long live the Northland!" Absolutely. Uh, and then two more cookies from Curious Patriot. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for being here. All right, uh, we're gonna take a break real quickly. When we come back on the other side, we're gonna take our first caller. And if you want to join the conversation, you just either. Uh, call that number on screen and enter the meeting ID, or if you have Zoom installed on your phone, your computer, or your tablet, all you got to do is click this link right here, and you'll be put into the waiting room, and I'll bring you in in just a moment. So we'll be right back. So recently, I've told you guys about a breakthrough new anti-aging remedy that I've been using that keeps me energized all day long. I just take a teaspoonful of C60 Evo olive oil in the morning, and I notice better mental focus, flexibility, and physical endurance. Now, it's rare to feel improvements this quickly. I also end up sleeping deeper at night, so it's really helpful. Their peptide and ESS60 hair and lotion renewal formulas are exceptional because they really work. And C60 Evo's lab has been made 
manufacturing this Nobel Prize winning miracle molecule for 32 years in their Houston, Texas Patriot owned lab. ESS 60 is the upgraded version of the carbon 60 molecule. It's specifically made for both people and pets. It's a potent and effective way for people's lives to be improved all around the world. So maximize your health and enjoy noticeable results with C60 Evo organic edible oils, skin serums, and pet products. You can buy with confidence from C60 Evo, and you can use my personal code for a discount at checkout. Simply go to c60evo.com forward slash redpill78, and then when you're there, use code redpill78 for an additional 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's c60evo.com forward slash redpill78, and when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And once again, we are speaking to a, a, a trio of Canadian patriots who are involved in a class action lawsuit against the Canadian Armed Forces, uh, not necessarily in regard to the forced inoculations, but certainly started with that. Uh, as we were just learning before the break, it's really about the the uh, uh, the the giving of unlawful orders and uh, the um, uh, I guess the 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 actions that have been taken by the people in charge. They have essentially decimated the Canadian Armed Forces uh, very similar to the way that our armed forces have been decimated here in the United States. Uh, I think that I don't see I haven't seen in history a point at which our military readiness uh, had been reduced, you know, ever in this way. So it's pretty shocking. Uh, and we've got a lot of uh, unique individual stories. We're probably going to hear some more of those in just a moment. But let's go ahead and bring in our first caller. Caller, mute the stream in the background. Can you hear me? Caller. Caller. Caller, you're on the air. Mute the stream. Okay. Can we get your name? It's Am Fre- I on? Freya and the boys, you are on. Yes, welcome to the program, sir. Oh, you ruined my, my intro. You already knew my name. Freya and the boys. <laughs> That's right, Freya and the boys. All right, so welcome. Hey, your, guests, your guests are right up my alley. I figured they would be. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you thought I was going to call it out. Oh, yeah. You can't resist. No, especially not on a subject such as this. Freya and the boys is an American veteran. Oh, yeah, well, I'm a, thank I'm you for your service. More vet. I, I served in uh, right outside of Fallujah, Ramadi, 05, 06, 07. All right. Hello. So, um, obviously, as always, thank you for your service. Um, so when yeah, you, you were when you were in uh, uh, in in the sandbox, did you serve with any of, of, of these fellow Canadians? Oh, hell yeah. Right I love the Canadians. Excellent, excellent. And the Australians. Australians, one time, they had a couple guys captured. And they were put in an Iraqi prison. And the Australians went in there and busted them out. Oh, those were the Special Forces uh, guys. Yeah. I, I know that story. <laughs> yeah, no hesitation. <laughs> that was great. It was, like, it was like they didn't wait for permission or nothing. Yeah. And the Canadians were sort of the same kind of species. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, from, from what I understand in regards to that, the higher-ups said, oh, no, it's too dangerous, and they were just like, you know, BS, we're going Whatever. in there, we're going to bust them out. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great story. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to your people, you've got to recover your people. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, I had a couple questions for you guys. Uh, the female uh, that's down there. Catherine. On the upper... 
Yeah, Catherine, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Catherine, your story really intrigues me. Now, my experience on my deployments were horrific. My first deployment was over 22 months long. We got extended, 05, 06, 07. I, I think we all remember the history at that time. And uh, we, George, George Bush had a big push. We had to go through. And the things I experienced were horrific. The prostitution, the, the stealing. People were... were our soldiers and our, our upper chain of command was disgusting. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I have friends who are going all over everywhere for no reason at all. And, and for the caller, like when I, when I served in, uh, in Afghanistan, I was with the 10 Mountain Division. Uh, U.S. unit. Great bunch of guys, by the way. And um, these guys, us, we were there for six months. Normally, a, 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 a deployment for Canadians, six months, unless you're a senior officer, lieutenant colonel and up, then you're there for a year. And, and, and just watching my U.S. fellow soldiers being there for a, week, for a whole year, uh, you could see how hard on the morale that was how, how tough on them. I got to tell you, because after three months of being in the sandbox, it's everything is beige. That, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, a ground pounder. No. That was logistics. It doesn't and matter. It doesn't we matter. Had, we, had, we had container after container of, of reefer units, air conditioning units, <laughs> that they didn't meet the expectations. We spent billions of dollars on shit that they know would not pass the grade. They sent it to us. We inspected it. Uh, it's not good enough. It's not a good air conditioning unit. And we sent it back. And they would do this stuff regularly. Millions of dollars. Of, and that's how it, it's money laundering. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, just in that same, same with the same with the briefcases full of money to pay off for whatever they needed. Oh yeah, to pay off pa- yeah. pallets of cash oh. and uh, and and briefcases full of hundred dollar bills. Yeah, yep. I remember when I was there in uh, Osama bin Laden. Garden got caught. It was all bullshit. I don't know if you guys. Remember those days, but uh, I do. And uh, what's your feelings on, on, on what was happening back in the war when we did the the second push, oh five, oh six, oh seven? Do you remember those days? I was I only just yeah. in at the time, Serge. That's I I was part of the first put our whole unit up, and there was no room for anybody to sleep. Mm. So everybody was like on their own. I ended up in a big, huge tent with over 300 people that were all just thrown into a big mix. And everybody would go and 
asleep in this middle of this fucking room. People are, people are selling themselves. American women, the soldier women. It was disgusting. I'm. That's that's shocking to hear. I mean, I never would have thought anything like that oh, was I, happening. I got more stories than that. Wow. My, my second deployment, three of the girls in my unit got busted for prostitution. And uh, they covered it up by busting young Marines mm-hmm. that fell victim to, you know, the whole thing was, now, my third deployment, that was all taken care of. When I went there on my third deployment, it was professional. Everything was tight. Mm-hmm. Always about leadership. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill which may never exist. But believe it or not, I may have found the next best thing. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviewers can't be wrong. Simply place your order now to get 51% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com. www.trimwithus.com. Order now. I'm wondering if the same kind of kind of uh, evolution through the through the years from oh five oh four to oh seven or oh eight. Serge, you were just about to say it's uh, it's about the yeah, leadership. It's, it's, it's always about leadership. If you get good leadership, everything everything will be will be run tight. Uh, we can go back to, for us, uh, Somalia back in 1992, 1993. Uh, it became a shit show. Um, we had uh, some of our guys uh, tortured uh, some locals, and, and <sighs> we ended up, uh, in the end, uh, the, the, the lowest rank was a private, and that's the guy they hung to dry. Oh, wow. Uh, private Brown, if I remember. And uh, it was uh, was pretty bad back in those days. It was bad enough that whether you agree or not with the decision, uh, the prime minister disbanded the entire airborne regiment at the time. Uh, that's for another story another day. But uh, it, it, any, uh, anything comes down to leadership, and it goes back to our abuse of power uh, lawsuit right now. Um, the leadership at the top, they knew, and they did it anyways. They knew they, they were doing the wrong thing. They knew it. They had to. I mean, it's too easy to see, right? But it's cycles. You know, life is up and down. And and, and eventually we'll clean up the the bad leadership. And then uh, eventually uh, we'll get some decent leaders. Everything is cyclical. We have a long way to go. We have a long way to go. Because I tell you what. No. I retired from the the Army in 2015. And uh, the, the amount of... Depravity and scumness spreading rapidly, uncontrollably, and I can't imagine what it must be like now. Certainly difficult to look at from an outsider's perspective. If this is the military we have to depend on, we're all in trouble. Let me tell you this. Absolutely.
absolutely. All right. Well, listen, Frank. Early on purpose because I could take the the uh, I walk into a room and teach a class. Nobody call attention. They're all on their phones. I'd have to. The discipline. It's disgusting. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely it's a it's a big problem, and you know my. Big concern, guys, is if we are going to rebuild both of our armed forces, uh, I mean, it's going to take quite a push. I mean, how many years would you estimate it might take to get us back to the point where we need to be? And I'm obviously, oh. from a Canadian perspective, at least years. I think it's uh, I think it's generational. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Freya, hold on. Logan, Logan. Most children get introduced to the military by their parents that are veterans. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, I don't, I, I don't have your children, so, but if, if I did, there's no way I would let my kid do the military at this time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, most, most of the other countries would agree with me. No, no, we're changing and, the, and they're, at, uh, okay, so uh, we're asking people to come back that denied the shot. Big deal. So what? You know, uh, the, I took the Amex series. I I told them no. The second deployment I took, they said I didn't have a choice. I had to take it. All right. Hold on just a sec, Frey. I want to get Logan's uh, thoughts on how long it will take to rebuild the Canadian military. Go ahead, Logan. Yeah, so uh, actually the caller kind of touched on what I was about to say. Um, I think that uh, military recruitment ultimately is generational. Um, I actually made a a Twitter slash X post about this the other day. And, you know, I joined the military because my father was in the military. And he joined the military because his father was in the military. And, you know, whether the Canadian Forces wants to admit this or not... um, the best recruiter they ever had um, is the father. Mm-hmm. And it always has been. Uh, I would say probably for any military that's ever existed, um, the best recruiter is, is your is your father most of the time. Not always, but largely. And, um, you know, they've, they've lost that uh, for almost all of us. Uh, myself in particular, like, you know, uh, I wouldn't want my son joining this outfit the way it is right now. There's no way. And I think that's, um, you know, you asked earlier about whether soldiers were or ex-military uh, veterans like ourselves, um, whether we were the, the norm or an outlier as far as it goes, uh, speaking out about uh, issues in, in the military. And I would say it's absolutely true that we are the outlier as far as speaking out around the COVID issues, but we are not the outlier as far as speaking out about institutional issues um, and cultural issues uh, in the military. And those issues, they've, they've changed the culture in such a way to sort of, you know, make attempts at progressivism. And in those attempts, um, they've alienated, uh, as, as Catherine said earlier, their, their core group of, uh, of recruits. And, you know, whether you want to admit it or not, the, the core group of military in Canada and to, a, I guess, mostly in the U.S. as well, but maybe perhaps to a slightly lesser extent. But the core group here 
um, is like lower to middle class white males. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say that the same is is true. Now yeah. it seems like uh, it's former felons and illegals that they're uh, allowing to join up just so they can get whatever they need. Um, but, uh, you know, another serious consideration here is if, uh, you know, if it is the the fathers, the, the men who join and then pass that on to their children, if you're unable to have biological children, that really cuts that faucet off. I mean, because we're talking about, you were saying before, basically, if you're not LGBTQI plus plus two spirit, you need not apply. Yeah, yeah, they did come out in, mm-hmm. uh, in an article and their wording was um, to the effect of the Canadian forces is too male and too white. I think those were their exact words. And uh, while, while I don't think they're explicitly preventing you from uh, applying, uh, there's, there's absolutely a bias in place. Um, and for whatever inexplicable reasons the Canadian military has a, a negative bias toward their own core um, manning pool. In all their wisdom, yeah. uh, last year or the year before, they uh, relaxed the, the dress regulations, uh-huh. haircuts, beards, clothing. So we just had our Remembrance Day, 11 November. Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so first time in a couple of years because of COVID and all that. So I went to the Legion and uh, with my nephew and uh, he came down from Montreal, went to the Legion. And I was appalled at seeing in, in Canadian speak in the military, we call them bags of shit. Okay. The guys were looking ZZ top, unkept ZZ top beard with in uniform, a dress uniform, to a Remembrance Day ceremony. We had scraggly beards, just long hair. And, and of course, uh, you've, we've all seen the pictures with uh, men with blue and pink hair and, and, and yeah. so on. Yeah. They allow this now. Wow. And so I spoke to somebody I know that's still in the military. And apparently the leadership now is looking at reversing the policy. Hmm. I wonder why. Yeah, like, yeah. Really? Well, what's behind that, <laughs> really? guys? <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, like, you know, I can just imagine like people out on the battlefield with like blue hair, maybe their pants around their ass, you know, not in any sort of <laughs> like, you know, military readiness position. Oh, it's tactical, man. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's tactical. <laughs> Uh, uh, Doesn't Saudi Arabia have blue uh, uh, camo? I'm pretty sure. Something like that. Oh, man. Okay. Well, listen, Freya, we lost Freya, but thank you very much for your call, buddy. I appreciate it. Um, And then also uh, uh, TZ Burton over on Rumble said, I just wanted to thank the men and women of the Canadian Armed Forces. I served in the U.S. Navy, and I got to do joint training operations with the Canadian Navy in Esquimalt, B.C. Back in the night. Did I I say that? You were. Okay. Cool. Very cool. So this (laughs) was back in the nineties. I you you, I don't remember what time you said that you graduated. I I graduated high school in nineteen ninety six. I was a child. You were a child. (laughs) That's the craziest thing to imagine. You spent seventeen years and you were a child when I was graduating from high school. Yeah, I was literally a child. (laughs) Oh, that's time just flies. Yes, it certainly does. Well, you know, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I think all of this stuff is reversible. 
Um, but you know, the, the, the question I think a lot of people have is, is it even, is it even possible? I mean, if we do start turning it around, you know, I mean, cause we got, there's a lot that has to be done to clean up our respective governments. You know, I, I feel that the institutional rot goes from, you know, the top of the pyramid all the way down to the bottom. It's really unfortunate. Public corruption is a, a major concern. We have yeah. uh, people in elected government and, you know, in uh, positions of uh, public administration where they're hired. Uh, they have their own agendas. You know, I mean, certainly this woke leftist uh, anarchist agenda is is one of them. And it's done a lot of damage to both of our countries. Um you know, uh, do, do you guys think that this is realistic, that uh, we're oh, going to be able yeah. to turn this around in any oh, reasonable time? Yeah, yeah just I, take time. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, like you said, the rot maybe top to bottom, but uh, sometimes the old trees got to die off before the new ones can grow in. And yeah. uh, anything that anything that can be destroyed can be rebuilt sort of thing. You know, it, it might sound a little bit cliche, and I don't want to give your viewers too much uh, hopium to huff on, but... <laughs> I do think the the pendulum is starting to swing, and uh, you can start to feel a little bit of that momentum uh, starting to we, build. So. We have our own channels where we, all of us, we chat uh, on a daily basis, and, and there's a question that often comes: Would you join back? Mm-hmm. And I'd say probably ninety percent is hell no, under any circumstances. Um, absolutely, completely understood. It's too bad because if the Canadian Armed Forces get cleaned up in a few years. Those are the guys and gals you want back in to clean, help clean things up. You know, yeah. I'm getting too old and I'm doing too many podcasts where I flap my jaw a little too much. So they probably wouldn't want me back anyways. <laughs> but, but it's, 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 I would go back for one year if the entire leadership had changed and my sole purpose was to help rebuild. That's the only, I, I don't do this for money. I wouldn't do it for money. I don't care. Even now, the lawsuit, my number one concern is clean up the rot. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, this can never happen again. Money is nice. Sure, if we win, fantastic. For others, many others, they are like Logan, 17 years in, you didn't get his pension. You know, that sucks. Mm. But uh, um, everybody's in agreement. We all want to clean the armed forces. It needs, it needs, it needs to be cleaned up. Yeah, that's it's, a great point. So, Logan, would you go back, given the opportunity? You know what? Yeah, I think if you had asked me that question about 59 seconds ago, I would have said, hell no. <laughs> but I actually, uh, I agree with Serge. I think if there were ever a situation where we knew that, look, guys, uh, we have stripped down the forces, we are restructuring, we are going to, um, you know, we're going to kind of reboot the whole thing and start fresh. You know, do you want to come back and help to rebuild this? Uh, I might actually say yes. Okay. Okay. W- what about running for public office, either of you? Obviously, Justin uh, Trudeau and his Liberal Party, this is a, a significant concern. But I, to your point about the pendulum, I, I, I think you're right. You know, I, uh, I I like to pose these hypotheticals and try to get people thinking about, you know, what are we actually going to do? But I think you're right. I think that we are moving from one side to the other. And it just uh, depends on how soon the majority of people just get fed up with how ridiculous it's gotten. So would you run? for office i thought about it <laughs> uh the problem is where i live my mp is pierre poliev essentially mm. the next prime minister okay so, is that the guy that's always going up against trudeau 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. What's, so, your, what's your opinion? If, if of I, him? Is he is he legit? Is he legit? So. Does he mean what I he think says? So. Okay. I I want to believe. So I voted PPC. So uh, the People's Party of Canada the last two elections because mm-hmm. uh, his platform, the, the the guy's platform, was the best. Yeah. Uh, but he failed to get a seat, and. I knew that in my writing, Pierre Polyev always wins big. So I said, you know what? It's my vote go to Pierre or not makes no difference. I'm going to support Maxim in, in, with his party because he's got a really good platform. So I did that. Um, and if I did run, I would run for the PPC with zero chance ever of winning against Pierre Polyev anyways. Mm-hmm. So that was my, I thought about it. I might run in a, in a local, uh, Local politics. We'll see. I'll think about it. I'm I'm retired now, so. Well, it makes it makes sense to. to cut your teeth and then work your way up. And who knows? By that point, maybe Pierre will be on to something bigger. Uh, Logan, how about you? I don't have the money or the connections to do such a thing, but I would love to be involved. Um, I know the truth is you probably can find ways to get in in the lower end without. Yeah money or connections, but I'm not in a position right now to ditch my job and uh, just, you know, start getting into politics for shits and giggles. But yeah. uh, I actually, I think I do, uh, and I have been told by people anyway, that I, I have a mind for politics and I would be good at it. So um, it's something I would like to do, but uh, I also feel like, um, not that I have a sketchy past, but I don't have the... Um, Cooth for politics, and I think that's what people—that's what people want, Logan. Okay, we're, I know we're I sick know. and tired <laughs> of stiffs in suits who give lip service and then yeah. never deliver. I want somebody who's real. That's why I love Donald Trump because he wasn't a politician; he spoke his mind and he was honest. He was a businessman. Yeah. We need somebody but who understands can't. the issues. Yeah, but unless you're unless you're John Cretchen, you can't get elected and choke can, like. Uh, the press you just can't do it right you can't be out there like losing your cool on people because they're lying about you left right and center every single day of your life i don't know the don't four know brothers did it <laughs> didn't they <laughs> they, were, they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff and they still made it in politics <laughs> all right uh well listen let me say thank you to fredo awakening over on rumble he says i'm late to the party still working thank you very much for joining us uh he says look forward to the replay appreciate our canadian brothers and sisters we're all in the same boat but they don't have a Trump. I'm praying for all of the Canucks. And uh, let's see. You know, you mentioned that Pierre is probably going to be the next prime minister. I I, I, I remembered following that some time ago when it looked like he might have been able to uh, usurp Trudeau. How how soon is that going to happen? I don't know what the cycle is up there. It's two years okay. from now. But we're hoping that there's going to be a, a, a the government will fall over some issue, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, NDP, uh, New Democratic Party, they're the far-left party, even further left than the liberals, if you can't believe this. Wow. And they're always supporting the liberals. The day that they don't, we might have a chance to have a, a snap election. So we're hoping maybe for next year sometime. We'll see. We aren't going to have an election, I don't think, until February of 2025, mm-hmm. because the head of the NDP doesn't get his pension for being a member of parliament until February of 2025. (laughs) After that, I think he will vote to with the conservatives to bring the liberals down and then we'll have an election. Okay. Um, And in the meantime, 
there's going to be maximum damage because the liberals know they can't get back in. So they're they're working hard on putting away as much money and paying off as many people as possible before Scum. they are booted out of office. <laughs> so the carnage, the carnage is just getting started. <laughs> so much selfish self-interest in politics. It's universal. All right. We've got our next caller on the line. I think this is Casey. Is that you? It is. And happy Black Friday. And thank you, your guests, for your uh, service to the North. Absolutely. So, so Casey, Casey, I I have got to use the restroom, so I'm going to trust you to ask your question of my fine guests. I'll be right back in 30 seconds. Give me a second. You're the best. Catherine's in charge. You're the new host. Congratulations. Uh, Yes. Uh, I uh, want to thank uh, Christine for her Canadian service to the uh, fight against the Canadian court system. I watched a lot, most of the honking. I'm a truck driver from Detroit, but I, I watched the uh, uh, Viva Fry broadcast during and especially after. And I, I never thought the, the frozen swamp of Ottawa was that big. Uh, just <laughs> just amazing. Um, but I'd also quote like to get your uh, veterans uh, view of not once, but twice, uh, embracing and honoring an SS Lofgren, uh Nazi. Uh, I have to feel that's very disrespectful. But then again, during the honking, there was a flag with a swastika on it, and you have a town in Ontario called Swastika. Could that person not have been from Swastika and proud? Well, well the, uh, the swastika at the convoy was a plant. Uh, the picture was taken mm-hmm. by our prime minister's personal photographer. So that was a setup. There you go. Uh, to do it. Um, as for the member, the member of the Waffen SS that showed up in our parliament, that is a disgrace that Canada is going to have to live with. Uh, that was horrific and should never have happened, in my opinion. Yeah. The problem we have yeah. is that our deputy prime minister, her family was heavily involved in the uh, Nazi party in Ukraine during the Second World War. And uh, I feel she had a major influence in uh, bringing that, that person into the parliament. She did. You know, it's, I, I, you know, I can assume what you were asking about, Casey, and this is definitely something I wanted to broach. But uh, from what I understand, that was not the first time that uh, that that that, that uh, Ukrainian freedom fighter, the former Nazi, had actually been lauded in parliament. He had actually been brought in previously. And when I heard 2006, 2007, yes, yes. when I heard when mm-hmm. I heard them introduce him, I was like, it's like Ukrainian freedom fighter fighting against the Russians. The only yeah. ones fighting against yeah. the Russians in World War II was the Nazis. And I yeah. knew enough about Ukraine to know that there was a Nazi presence. I couldn't believe it. I mean, did this make a splash back then? Did anybody notice at that time? No. Back then, no. no. Not really. Wow. But I have to tell I'm going to date myself here. When I, I graduated high school in 1982. Okay. And that was the last year that they taught world history in our high school. No way. Mm. Yeah, they taught Canadian history. history. Wow. So we've got two generations now that have never been taught what actually happened in World War II. That's wild. Yeah, but in my generation, we watched the films that the, the uh, Allied armies made of the concentration camps of bulldozers bulldozing all the bodies and degrade because yeah, yeah, yeah. they couldn't bury them fast enough. Um, after 1982, they quit. 
uh, teaching world history. And so here we have no, no one, no one comprehends. As soon as, soon as I heard, fighter, in, in the defense of us younger like, people, <laughs> not only that, uh, as well, we we had, and and I actually I sent some emails to uh, Pierre Polyev because he's my MP. He said, "Answer this for me." We had special forces, Canadian soldiers go and train members of the Azov Brigade. And I've seen the pictures. Yep. And there were articles in the Ottawa Citizen in the newspaper. And I questioned Polyev about it. And of course, he didn't answer me on that one. And, and again, it goes back to leadership. I'm going, with everything that has happened, we actually send guys to train obvious Nazis because mm-hmm. they're still around. Well, a lot yep. less now that the Russians took a, a, a care of a lot of them, but it's incredible that we are part of this. My outfit did this, you know, and it's it's. You it's guys, incredible. and most Canadians don't have a clue. They don't know. You guys might remember, I believe it was in the mid '80s here in the United States. There was a, a man who was accused of being a former Nazi guard. Turns out he wasn't. He was just a guy who had immigrated here from Eastern Europe after World War II. He was like an auto worker. They put him through hell. They tried to uh, uh, prosecute him in the Hague, and he, anyways, he ended up being found not guilty. It wasn't him. They couldn't prove it, and he always said that it, that he was not a Nazi. Um, but that's the way they used to handle this stuff. Now the main Mainstream media and our own governments are out there applauding openly these Nazis. I mean, and there's like yeah. there's no there's no question about it. I mean, Azov, I mean, they're doing the Roman salute. They they've got Nazi insignia on all this stuff. I mean, I just never really considered that we might be at this point in either of our country's history, you know, because, I mean, I, I graduated in 1996. They definitely taught us about what happened in World War II. But, you know, when I was much younger, I was surprised. This was during the Cold War. But uh, in elementary school, I was very surprised to learn that we had been allies with Russia in uh, in World War II. You know, that always gave mm-hmm. me a really kind of, I don't know, unique perspective when considering uh, the, the uh, directions our countries had gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Zach, that that actual uh, Nazi prisoner guard. Yeah. His uh, punishment was having to live in Cleveland, Ohio. That's right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, that was a fascinating story, but I mean, you know, what a hell to have to go through. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are talking about recruitment. Like I said, keep an eye on the recruitment since the uh, Hamas cost the Israeli and uh, Gaza conflict. I watched the recruitment around that. Uh, uh, city of Swastika, Ontario. I think it might be telling in a sense of a pattern. But uh, I also want to talk. Uh, uh, you got two uh, Canadian Air Force veterans. Did you hear the story about the uh, Pegasus air refueler, the $175 million plane that uh, crashed in Hawaii? I did not. No. I, I, heard oh, yeah. about I heard about it. I heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what the they're sparkling. <laughs> well, the the ironic and very funny point, Catherine, don't take it as an offense, but it was an all female crew. So, <laughs> oh God! It, 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 look it up. 
Uh, but, uh, <laughs> well, they anyhow, can swim. I, I heard they can swim. <laughs> they have their own flotation devices, but instead of adjusting their makeup, they probably should have hit a button. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's too easy. Too easy. <laughs> that was. Just imagine the cockpit going off. Dream, dream. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Catherine, I, I got to thank you for that lovely legal international tip about uh, King Charles uh, having his finger on the button of the uh, Canadian and uh, English, uh, British uh, nuclear weapons. Uh, I mean, in America, we call it uh, the briefcase, uh, the football. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling in uh, Buckingham Palace, they might call it the... Uh, Tampon case. <laughs> so, so Catherine. It, well, it, only it, if Queen, only if Queen Camilla's carrying the briefcase. <laughs> it, so, well, <laughs> I think Prince Prince Charles considered himself a tampon. Let's just hope he hasn't got the arms and the tampon fingers to press it one day. So, anyhow, Casey, hold on. Just I got a question for Catherine. So, did did the um, British armed forces have the same sort of vaccine mandate? That went into effect. Like, I mean, was that concurrent with the Canadian mandate, or did they escape all of this? Brits didn't put it in because they knew they couldn't do it. Aye, okay. Yeah, the Brits the were a little military more knew he couldn't do it legally. They, I mean, they still had well, public know. public mandates. I mean, they they definitely yeah. went to the public, but that's interesting that they didn't bother doing it with the armed forces. And, and it sounds like from what Catherine has said that the. Uh, uh, the Moderna was the one most popular used. Um, and we know the effects uh, with the graphene in the Moderna. Uh, have either one of you pilots what, flown in and around the Arctic Circle, Antarctica, if you're allowed, uh, and noticed any type of magnetic effects on the, uh, the graphene and pilots and anybody along on board that have been vaccinated? No experience with that, gentlemen? Not sure. Okay. Nothing hurt. Nope. The the only thing we know, which has been uh, shown and proven lately, is the uh, plasmids uh, SV40. Yes. And uh, and, 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 uh, uh, other uh, dirt, basically, in in the vaccine, which uh, uh, Health Canada and Ontario was. uh, found the same results as that uh, scientist in the states, and I think South Carolina, and uh, so that's uh, that's making us way slowly. But again, uh, uh, they're they're putting a, a lid on the story as much as they can. Uh, they, the mainstream media won't touch it. So, so you guys, is there? So here in the United States, <clears throat> one of the avenues that they've taken to kind of push back against these mandates is that it's it is an illegal order for for the military to force veteran or to force active members to take uh, a vaccine that hasn't been fully approved. And so there was this kind of obfuscation that uh, that took place here. They, they were giving people the experimental jab, telling them that it was the officially approved jab. Uh, and by doing so, there was some illegality there. Uh, is there any issue with that up in Canada? Were they doing the same kind of thing? No, no, no. It, that didn't happen up here. OK, no. Okay. And mainly because that uh, invo- involved Pfizer, uh, and our troops were given Moderna. Okay. But yeah. uh, no, we didn't have that same issue. And I know the issue you're talking about because I speak to my American counterparts quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because the laws are similar enough that we can, and certainly strategy, legal strategy, we can discuss. So I, in fact, well, uh, am speaking I, to a group of lawyers in the States that are going after the U.S. military for abuse of power Great, as well. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Speaking, speaking I always, you, okay. you brought up, you brought up Mother, Moderna earlier, and uh, Catherine touched that uh, every, everyone in the uh, Kenyan Armed Forces got the, uh, uh, injected with the same uh, same vaccine, and and that's one of the that was probably one of maybe the first red flag that I saw. I'm thinking, wow, you want to do both Cold Lake F-18 base and Bagotville F-18 base, or two fighter force defense with the same jab? And that was my first red flag. I'm going like, what the hell do they think? I was working at the uh, uh, at the strategic level here in Ottawa for the RCAF uh, as an air staff officer. And, and I'm going like, that makes no sense. It made zero sense to me. There were four vaccines available at the time. And I said they could have at least minimized the, the, the risk, you know? Nope, everybody's same thing. And I'm going like, where was the strategic thinking from? Again, done on purpose. I'm telling you, it's yeah. all done on purpose. Has, has to be, They're, they can't be that stupid. Yeah. Well, if it, doesn't, uh, if it doesn't make sense, it makes dollars, right? Well, and that, that's actually something I wanted to ask about. Were you guys able to track down any sort of uh, financial connections uh, between people in the Canadian government and Moderna specifically? Obviously, here in the U.S., Anthony Fauci had a financial incentive uh, in terms of Moderna. But I'm wondering if there was uh, any sort of financial considerations that were uh, in place in Canada. I'm sure I you've have, heard. I, that, I have heard that our senior government... Our senior government members have connections, including the prime minister. Okay. Has financial connections to farmers. Do- Dr. Martin, eh? Dr. Martin uh, uh, has covered this quite ext- extensively. And, and basically, allegedly, our prime minister has stocks in a company out in BC that was from the uh, University of British Columbia, where they developed the nanolipid particles. Okay. And without this, you don't have an mRNA vaccine. Mm-hmm. And apparently he's got a lot of stocks in this. Well, then he, our he turns around. G- our government gave a pharmaceutical company $150 million to build a vaccine manufacturing plant in Quebec that never, uh, never actually was built. Vaporware? They just took oh, the money and ran? To California. Just <laughs> poof. Um, Yeah, you guys, I'm so totally against any type of militarized weaponization of scientific experiments. I mean, we're going all the way back to Tuskegee, you know, Agent Orange, uh, and and even uh, the saltpeter that they used to put in the coffee. I'm thoroughly convinced the demand for erectile dysfunction medicine is directly tied to that. Because nobody wants a boner in a foxhole, but maybe now that they're letting women in. Um, but I just, you know, I look at it and it's like, uh, what was the aboriginal, you call them First Nations, uh, what was their vaccination rate? Were they people that just, they were so far away and they weren't really inter- interacting as much? Was that so much lower than the rest of the population that needed and had to travel? So it was, yeah. They actually had one of the lowest uh, uptake rates in the country, um, partly because of the remoteness and the lack of access, but largely because uh, the First Nations people have a general distrust for the government. Good for them. 
You know, it's, yeah, right? yeah. I, I would have expected it to be the same here, but they specifically targeted uh, the uh, people living on reservations. And, you know, there have been a number of whistleblowers coming forward to talk about the, the deleterious effects uh, after people began taking these things. But it seems like they ended up taking it at a fairly high uptick because they were perhaps going to be denied services or uh, denied, uh, you know, medical care in general. But all right. Well, K- Casey, well, they never really closed down the casino. No, of Here. course not. No, no, no. You know, Those are too big a moneymaker. They kept them open. Yeah. yeah. Just like the weed shops and the liquor shops. Oh, yeah. Well, thank yeah. you so much, guys, for your intrepid, uh, you know, questioning of the government, even up there. And uh, hopefully we'll we'll be able to help you out when you need it, because there's going to be a bigger turnaround here. And, you know, you guys can piggyback on with us and, and keep fighting, because uh, God knows we, we need as much help as we can get. And uh, go blue tomorrow. Absolutely. Have a great night, guys. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Talk to you you soon. All right. uh, Let's see. Over on Rumble, TZ Burton said, I just wanted to say that the world started to wake up from the Ottawa trucker convoy and Tamara Lick and BJ Ditcher will be known as heroes. Also, the Coots 4 are like our J6 prisoners. So, yes, Mm -hmm. uh, the the, the trucker convoy was a a huge moment, Uh, certainly uh, you know, from an outsider's perspective, you know, all we heard was that Canadians were, you know, just going along with everything. And then all of a sudden you start hearing these whispers of the trucker convoy. And then the next thing you know, they got the whole country shut down. And Justin Trudeau responded in a really draconian way, it seems like, mm-hmm. basically calling uh, the people who participated terrorists and white supremacists. And, you know, you, you see the, the pictures in the video, and that's just obviously not true. You had people of all all creeds, all races, all stripes. And they were all kind of, you know, coming out in unison. Did uh, was there a chilling effect as a result of the response from the government uh, in terms of people being willing to publicly stand up? Yeah. Well, yeah. The, so the trucker convoy, I want to tell you, I was never so more proud to be a Canadian than watching that <laughs> trucker convoy. Um, the, the they tried they tried to squash what happened and the result of it. By bringing in the Emergency Measures Act, which used to be called the War Measures Act. Mm-hmm. This is a drastic, drastic thing. The day they brought that in, my heart sank because Canadians didn't realize what the government actually did. They suspended everything. We didn't have a single right left when that was in force. And then, as you've heard, they seized bank accounts, et cetera. Like the, the power the government gave themselves for those few days is Canadians just have no idea what they actually did. Uh, and, I, and that in some ways has helped keep the trucker convoy spirit alive because people didn't realize just how bad it actually got mm-hmm. in Canada for a few days. Um, but uh, I would say that, you know, we've got Tamara Leach and, and Chris Barber on trial right now uh, with the government trying to bring up evidence that doesn't exist. What are they facing? Et cetera. What are they facing? They're facing a mischief charge and conspiracy to cause mischief. And, and they've had a trial that's taken months for mischief charges. Um, it should never have happened. The other thing is that we, there was so, the act requires the government to hold uh, a hearing to just see if they were justified in doing it. And that was just a uh, political theater uh, that our government created. But what it did is it showed 
uh, Canadians who were watching that there really was no justification for it, even though the uh, judge that ran it, uh, w- well known in Trudeau circles, uh, decided that yes, they were entitled to bring it in. Uh, but most Canadians didn't agree with it. And I think instead of chilling everyone's thoughts, it actually created this groundswell of people to say, no, we're not happy with the Trudeau government. And now uh, scandal after scandal after scandal is starting to be exposed. Billions of dollars of money has been squandered or used for the benefit of, of the uh, Liberals and their friends. So, um, no, the trucker convoy was a big thing. Canadian history, and uh, I'm glad it happened. Excellent. Gentlemen, do you have any thoughts? I am uh, on a very cold minus 25 Celsius blue sky day in Ottawa during the, ta- the convoy. Me and my friends, we went down and checked it out. I said, we have to see, because all you get from TV is, oh, a bunch of Nazis, a bunch of this, a bunch of that. So we went out, checked it out, and it was the first time in over a year I had a smile on my face for two straight hours. You could not take it away. Uh, there were set up huge discotheques outside at minus 25. Um, people were giving hugs. Um, people were dancing in the street. Uh, they were offering you free food, free hot dogs, free hamburgers. People were smiling everywhere, high-fiving. I've never seen the the atmosphere was so positive you could cut it with a knife it was it was thick of happiness and positiveness it was incredible I, i've rarely felt anything like this in my life i just went there a couple hours went and marched around and um, it was incredible and this is why trudeau wanted to shut it down mm-hmm. yeah yeah it um, gave us hope during yeah. dark times i'd like to uh, i'd actually like to speak to that a little bit myself um, please at the time um, I guess this is a little bit on the personal side, but at the time I was, uh, with everything that was going on, all this COVID stuff, all the negativity, like there was so much negativity that was directed at people like myself. Um, and with everything that was happening, uh, including, you know, at, at work and on social media and on the news and from our government, it was like from all angles. And, uh, I was in, a, I was in a very dark place at the time mentally. Um, it, it, it might say, it, it actually sounds a little bit silly to look back, but, I was like, uh, I was, I was like this close to like packing up my shit and just going into the woods and just not coming back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was in a very bad, very bad spot. And um, that uh, that that truck convoy, like it, it just it came at just the right time. Um, and uh, like the others were saying, you know, it was for the first time in a, in a very long time. Uh, I felt like genuinely proud uh, to be Canadian, and uh, and it did give me hope uh, that that things were going to get better. And that, uh, you know, that I wasn't really just some small fringe minority that uh, should be hated and detested by everyone around me. Um, so that was that was really special. And uh, like, you know, regardless of the outcome of all these court cases or whatever, um, I, I do think those people were heroes and always will be. 
Excellent. <clears throat> um, Freight Awakening, I think this is for you, Serge. Uh, he says, uh, uh, curious as to why French Canadians are referred to as frogs. And this is a bit of an inside joke, but also are said frogs in fear of Zach's weed whacker. If not, they should be. So let me tell the story. Uh, I have a, uh, a Cuban tree frog that lives in Lisa and I have a, that's my fiance. We have a, a shower, uh, in the backyard because like I said, we live in Florida. So, uh, there's, there's a lot of frogs, lots of, uh, lizards and stuff that live in the backyard. And this one day I was weed whacking and this frog jumped in front of the weed whacker and I clipped him. Didn't mean to. I felt horrible about it. He lost his front left leg. Well, oh. sh- shortly after that, he basically moved into the shower and he, uh, he, he convalesced <laughs> for a little bit. He healed up and uh, now he'll like, you know, leave for a couple days, go hunting. And then he comes back and he's like basically sleeping in there during the day and then he goes out at night anyways it's become a whole big uh, saga on the channel his name is tripod the three-legged frog and um and i'm constantly <laughs> posting pictures of him he's uh, he's an inspiration to many people out there and and i felt so horrible i thought i was like there's no way he's gonna survive like i thought i had totally yeah. killed this guy anyways it was awesome that he moved in and basically let us know that he was okay so <laughs> it was a bit of an inside joke there but um anyways uh fredo also says I still chuckle with the moron, I don't remember her name, that said honk honk was code for Heil Hitler with the double H. More proof (laughs) that these idiots are selected and not elected. Wasn't there a woman from Canada that was like, she was working in HR or something like that? She was a city city minister. Yeah. Ottawa minister, if I remember, that said that. Yeah. There's a a woman that uh, works for the government of Canada that lives in Ottawa that's brought a 300 million dollar lawsuit against the convoy organizers because she said that they disrupted her life and the life of the people of ottawa to such an extent that they're traumatized forever oh god she got P- ptsd <laughs> we, from hearing the big rig horns right, or something exactly what a moron and it was an mp mp in parliament who said that hong kong meant heil hitler it's so dumb so dumb very very <laughs> ironic now after they brought an actual nazi into the parliament yeah, I, I was gonna ask you if they if, if they had like tried to like drop it or smooth over since an actual nazi was actually recognized in in parliament how funny it, is it's that? funny how, how our down. government is like like catherine was saying that uh, the the nazi flag that was uh, uh on parliament hill in ottawa during the during that time was uh, a plant mm-hmm. and of course we all knew it and it's funny now watching the J6 tapes unfolding yep. and you just look at all the infiltrators and, and the undercover FBI and the undercover Antifa. And it, like, it's incredible. You watch all this and you go, wow. Mm-hmm. And there's still a bunch of people rotting in jail. Over yep. it. But that's their time is coming. So you I know agree. now it's unfolding. So. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of commonality between what happened on January 6th, the government infiltration and the way it all played out. In, in, likewise, with uh, the events of the trucker convoy, I don't know if there was any sort of government infiltration, you know, doing, uh, uh, you know, things that basically were attempting to reflect poorly on the truckers. Um, but uh, but certainly, you know, I mean, they used that as an opportunity to scare people into just staying quiet, it seems. Yeah, they, there were attempts to infiltrate the trucker convoy. Uh, they were spotted pretty quickly mm-hmm. and routed out. Um, they had fantastic leadership with the convoy because that's what kept things calm, kept things happy and positive. Uh, and the only violence and the only uh, big issues were from the 
uh, government's response itself, where they brought in secure, uh, security forces uh, and trampled people with horses, etc. Uh, I do know that they asked the military to come in, and the uh, military commanders refused and said that their people will not raise rifles to peaceful Canadian citizens. So did uh, did they bring in like they, foreign? Did they bring in foreign troops to to move in on the truckers? Because no, I seem to remember no. something they, like they that. They weren't from another. They weren't from another country, but they were from another province. Okay, so there wasn't. Okay. Right. Well, yeah. still, you know, it's bad enough either way. All right. Uh, you guys, we are approaching the end of the show. And uh, at, at the uh, top of the hour, I always like to ask my guests if they have any closing thoughts or if there's anything that they'd like for the audience to take away from our conversation. And Serge, I'd like to begin with you. Um, you know, any final thoughts, anything that you really want to make sure people are aware of? Everything in life is cyclical. We've went through, call it a dark period, uh, COVID lockdowns and everything. Things are on the up and up. Anybody that's read the, the book, The Fourth Turning, mm-hmm. will understand. Yep. When we're, we're just at the end of the fourth turning. We're going to come out of it quite all right in a year or two. That's my opinion. So hang in there. I know at times things, they, it's, it's not cool, but hang in there. And then, uh, the light, the light is at the end of the tunnel. We're coming there. Things, and there's going to be disturbance. 2024 is going to be rock and roll. Be ready for that. But you know what? We're, we're going to be fine in the end. So just keep the faith, keep positive, just keep moving forward. We're going to be fine. Excellent. All right. And Logan, how about you, sir? <laughs> you know, this would be the this would be the perfect time for me to say something like uh, insightful or uh, clever, but uh, I just don't have it in me. So uh, uh, hit the gym and drink your milk. I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> That's great. And and people can find you on Twitter as uh, Red Pill Canadian. Yeah, that's okay. right. All yeah, right. I'm uh, Canada's gun gnome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Give him a follow yeah. for sure, for sure. Uh, and then, uh, Catherine, how about you? I just want to uh, thank everybody for paying attention uh, and that it's time for Canadians to stand up to our government. The Americans have got 200 years on us of holding their government to account. And uh, I'm happy to see that uh, we're starting to say to the government, we're putting you on notice. And you're going to have to be held accountable and held responsible for the decisions you make. And uh, I'm looking forward to the day that we can clean up our armed forces and get back that fantastic Canadian military that I used to know and be uh, an ardent supporter of. And if people want to get a hold of you, they can find you on Twitter at Valor Legal. Uh, and then you have two different websites, one of them for your private practice and one of them for this these efforts specifically. You want to give that to the audience as well? Sure. Uh, my private practice is ValorLaw.com. And Valor is spelt the Canadian way, B-A-L-O-U-R. And then uh, the nonprofit is Valor Legal Action Center. And that is uh, also spelled, Valor spelled with a U, and Center is spelled R-E. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I want to thank all of you for joining us tonight. Please uh, keep me in your communication loop because I'd like to know any updates on this. Also, Catherine, uh, we had mentioned a couple of different suits, um, but if uh, if somebody determines that they maybe want to be part of this class or they want to reach out to you, they can do that through the website or through Twitter, or would you prefer the website? 
Uh, website is better because then they can have uh, not just me, but some of my team. Okay. But if they reach out through Twitter, I'm happy to uh, feel, ask or answer any questions there. Okay, excellent. So uh, thank you all for being here tonight. Thank you to the audience for the uh, quality questions. Uh, I want to make sure I don't miss anything. Nothing else over here on uh, Pilled, but there is a donation over here on Cash App. Thank you to Cynthia. Cynthia, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And uh, you guys, I'll be back tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, please, if you missed any of the links that we uh, just gave out, they will be in the description of this video. And just a final word about the uh, last sponsors for the program tonight. That would be my friends over here at My Patriot Supply. Prepare with redpill78.com. Let me get that pulled up on screen so you guys can see that. And if you go to prepare with redpill78.com right now, you can save $200 off a three month supply of emergency food. Uh, there are over 21 different varieties of meals that are included with this package. It's got a 25 year shelf life, over 2000 calories per set of meals per day. Uh, breakfast, lunches, dinners, definitely something you want to have on hand. Prepare with redpill78.com. And then also my friends at onenessdrops.com. Onenessdrops.com are the chlorine dioxide water purification kits. If you've got non-potable water, water that isn't safe to drink, then you can make it safe to drink. It will kill a whole variety of uh, pathogens and microbes, something to have in your go bag, in your medicine cabinet, in your camping kit, whatever it might be. When you're there, use code RP78 to save 15% off your entire order. And then finally, my good friend Mike Lindell at MyPillow.com. You can use code RP78 to save up to 80% off of Mike's incredible American-made products, whether it's the Giza bed sheets, the MyPillow 2.0, or even the 1.0, the towels, uh, the beach towels, the bathrobes, the mattress toppers, the mattresses, all of it, you can save using code RP78. And every time you do, you're going to be helping Mike Lindell uh, support free and fair elections here in the United States. And then also, of course, you will be supporting this show and allowing me to continue my mission. And then just before we go, Fredo wants to remind everybody to hit the thumbs up, because if you don't hit the thumbs up, as Joe Biden says, you ain't black. So thank you for being here tonight, you guys. Good luck. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 p.m. right back here. Until then, bye-bye.
right. If you're still in the audience, this is and uh, there it is. So save two hundred dollars off a three month supply of food. Merry Christmas. Here we go. I'm going to drop this down here, you guys. Hopefully you won some gold pills. Um, Zach froze as he was adding an announcement. Did I freeze? Did I freeze? I should still be there. I don't know. Either way. All right, you guys, we're done. Looks like the gold pills have all been passed out. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.